Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody, welcome today to Southside Church. My name's Jeff Williams, and I'm the lead pastor here, and I am grateful that you would take some time to spend with us today as we open up the Bible, dive into God's Word, and see what He has to say for us in the world in which we live. We're talking about going all in. How to go all in. If you want to go all in, you got to be willing to go all out. And if you want to go all out, you got to be willing to go all in. And so that's kind of what we've been walking through this month, talking about how we can impact the world as a follower of Christ. If you're going to do that, you've got to be willing to go all in. Put all your chips on the table and see what God wants to do in you, for you, and through you. Look, I, I kind of, it, it, I, I relate it to, to getting in a swimming pool. And uh, if you take Jeff and, and Candy, we get in a swimming pool completely different, okay? If it's her, she's going to put her toe in the water. She's going to see how it feels. And then if it feels okay, she's going to step and go, in, go down a step. She's going to take some of the water and kind of splash it on her legs. And then she'll take another step and she'll bring it up a little bit. She'll go down another step and then she'll get it on her arms. And then she'll find herself in the pool. That's how Candy Williams gets in a swimming pool. Jeff gets in a swimming pool this way. He gets on the diving board. Boom, boom, boosh. And whether I dive or cannonball or whatever, that's how I'm going in the water. And so if you want to know the temperature of the water, Candy can tell you very quickly. She's going to go, oh, that's too cold. Oh, that's just right. For me, I'm going to jump in, and when I come up for air, I'll tell you how it is, all right? And so neither is bad. That's just how we are. And uh, I prefer the shock and awe version of it. She takes a little more patient approach. When it comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, those may be two of the extremes, but they fit a whole lot of people. There are some people that are going to dip their toe in the water. There's going to be some people that are going to be slow coming to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Others are just going to dive right in, go head first, and consume all of them and come up for air and tell you how it is. I don't know which one you are, okay? But I know this. If you want true life, eternal life, real life, I would tell you, get into the pool. Wade into the waters of knowing God personally through Jesus Christ. Whether you come down the steps or you jump off the diving board, I would just tell you, get in. Because when you go all in, God goes all out in your life. How? How can you and I impact the world in which we live as followers of Christ? doesn't take long. Doesn't take long today to look at the plight, the situation, the status of things in our world, our country, our community, our entire world, and see that it is in desperate need of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where a follower of Jesus would probably go, amen, preacher, that's right. 
And so I know this, God didn't save you just for you and I to go to heaven. If that were to be the case, we would have immediately gone to heaven. God saved us so that we would experience his forgiveness, his real life, and then we would live that out for others to see so that they could come to know God too. However, a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with their lack of knowledge of their faith. They struggle with complacency in their faith. They struggle with apathy in their faith. They just struggle with uncertainty in their faith. And so they look around at things and go, why? But, but, but why now? I mean, why now? I mean, is it really that bad? Or, or, you know, do I really have to step up and do this? I mean, why can't we just wait a little bit? Why can't we just put it off and, and, and deal with it later? Why do we have to do it now? I believe that a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, a real and growing faith, is able to turn the question of why now to why not now? Why not right now? Why wouldn't we not wait? I mean, why wait? Why not do it now? Why not get in the pool of faith now? Why not take that first step now? Why not jump off that diving board now? Why not pray and ask Jesus to save you now? Why not take that step and be baptized now? Why not step into the doors of a church and get involved now? Why not? Why not? Because, because a real and growing faith is able to turn the question of why now to why not now? Why wouldn't you do that now? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. That's who you are. That's what you are. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he said, you're, a, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? What Jesus is saying is, is saying this, that salt is not good in the shaker. It's not meant to sit in the shaker. It's meant to shake it off, shake it out, get out of the shaker and be used for the purpose that it was made for. He said if it's, if it's lost its taste, it's no longer good for anything. It just should be thrown out and trampled on by men. You, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are the salt of the earth. You are the one that brings flavor, adds life, preser preserves God's word and his ways in the culture in which we live. He said, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. It's like a city situated on a hill that can't be hidden. He's speaking to people that are gathered around him this day on the outskirts of Jerusalem, and Jesus is speaking to them corporately. And he's saying, you are the light of the world. They understood that because it was a reference to the city of Jerusalem that set up on a hill. It was the only city in the nation of Israel. There are plenty of villages and things on the outskirts, but Jerusalem was it. And at night when the city would light up, the light would go all throughout the region. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. It's a city situated on a hill that can't be hidden. That's a corporate view of the light that he puts inside of you. Then he moves from a corporate view to an individual view. He said, no one lights a lamp, puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. Don't let Satan put it out. Shine it until Jesus comes. Whatever it is, I'm gonna let it shine. He says nobody, no one person that's a follower of Christ lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. 
Why? You, it's not made for that. It's made to shine. And that's what he says right here. He says, in the same way, let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and remember this, give glory to your Father in heaven. Don't forget that part. Don't forget that part. In the same way, let your light so shine before men. Let your, let your light out. Let it shine publicly so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. However, today, today I believe we've allowed apathy to replace our passion. And I'll say this today, that our life and our influence is to be visible and obvious, not secret or hidden. We cannot, we cannot afford to camouflage our devotion to Jesus Christ. We can't do it. We've got to let it out. This is where, where Jesus says, let it shine and give glory to your Father in heaven. It's the first reference in the Bible to God as Father. And Jesus references him this way. This entire message that Jesus speaks, the Sermon on the Mount, was revolutionary to people. They never heard of someone talking like this before, having a relationship with God that was so personal, real, and applicable. And so Jesus is trying to take their apathy, their lack of zeal and devotion to God, and replace it with passion. We have done the same thing today. And today I will tell you this, and we will come back to this over and over and over again. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we are God's plan A for reaching the world today. And there is no plan B. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, before his disciples' very eyes, before he ascended to heaven, he said this, go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I will be with you forever, even to the end of the age. Jesus told them in Acts 1.8, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, not my judge, not my jury, not my complainer, not my hider, none of those. He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You say, well, I've never been to Jerusalem, Judea, or Samaria. That's fine. I haven't been to the ends of the earth. That's cool. But you can be in your home. You can be in your neighborhood, your hometown, your community, your state, your nation. You can allow God to work in you and move you to, to, to work and allow him what he's doing inside of you to come out of you. Why? Because we are God's plan A for reaching the world. And the last time I checked throughout this New Testament, there is no plan B. We are it. And so the question today is not why now, the question is why not now? Why not? If we are God's plan A for reaching the world and there is no plan B, why not now? Why not take ownership of our faith now? Why wait? Why not do it today? Why not take steps to activate our faith today? 
I remember growing up in the 70s and the 80s and the, the, the Saturday morning cartoon that, was, that had all the superheroes, the Justice League, had the Wonder Twins. They would go, Wonder Twins, activate, boom, and they would turn into whatever they needed to turn into. They were, by the way, my least favorite superheroes. But nevertheless, Wonder Twins, activate. What were they doing? They were activating their superpower. And when, when, when are we going to activate the Holy Spirit of God in our life? When are we going to activate our faith and put it into practice? Why should I do that? Because we are God's plan A for each in the world. There is no plan B. So why not now? Why shouldn't you do it today? And so I believe this, several things, and looking at it through the lens of a story in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the fourth book of the Bible. This is what we see when we have why not now moments. Number one, when God makes a promise, I believe he intends to keep it. When God makes a promise, he intends to keep it. In Numbers chapter 13, this is what we see. It says, the Lord spoke to Moses Send men to scout out the land of Canaan that I am giving to the Israelites. Send one man who is a leader from among them, from each of their ancestral tribes. Do this. This is where we are. God has sent Moses to rescue the Israelites from Egypt out of slavery. Nearly two million people. And supernaturally, miraculously, he brings them out. He brings them south toward the Red Sea. He parts the Red Sea. They walk across it on dry land. The Egyptian army was coming behind them. God drowns them in the ocean. Then they go and find themselves at Horeb, the mountain of God, where God gives Moses the Ten Commandments and also guidelines for the people. And through that process, God gives them food from heaven. He gives them water from rocks and satisfies them in their hunger and their thirst. God is showing them and he's showing us that he intends to keep his promises. And he will show up when you need him to do what only he can do. And so that's what they were doing. And they found themselves now at, at the Jordan River, at a place called Gadesh Barnea. And this is where they come to cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land. The journey from Egypt to the promised land was, well, from really from the Ten Commandment place to the promised land was should have been an 11-day journey. And here they are right here looking over at the promise of God that was given to them. God had fulfilled his promise over and over and over again to get them to this point, and here they are. And so God speaks to Moses because that's how he did it back then. This is what he said. Send men to scout out the land of Canaan. That, that, and I love this part. That I am giving to the Israelites. Not that I might, not that I'm thinking about, not that I probably will, but I am giving them this land to the Israelites. Send one man who is a leader from each of the ancestral tribes of Egypt. Twelve men. 12 men that are going to take and go out and spy out this land, and they're going to come back and they're going to give a report. 
And so Moses assembles these 12 men. In Numbers 13, he lists them by name. I think that's powerful, that God calls them by name. And Moses brings them together, and he says, I want you to take the next 40 days. I want you to cross the Jordan. I want you to go into the land. I want you to come back with a report of the land. Tell me everything that you see. Tell me about the people. Are they big and tall or short and small? Tell me about the cities. Are they heavily fortified or easily penetrable? Tell me about the things that you see in the land. Is there food, water, places for us to live? And bring me back some fruit of the land. Why? Because God said he was giving it to the Israelites. He affirms that over and over and over again from the time they were in Egypt, really from the time that Moses, before he got to Egypt, and now all the way to here, God said, I'm going to do it. Let me ask you a question. Are you willing to believe God's promises for your life? It's a fair question. Are you willing to believe God's promises for your life? Only you can answer that. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to see God and his promises go to work in your life? Because God gives promises all throughout his word. The power of reading God's word is not just in learning new things, but it's, it's, it's in experiencing new realities in a relationship with God so that God can prove his promises over and over and over again. So, so are you willing to believe it? Why? Why should I believe that? Because you and I are God's plan A for reaching the world. There is no plan B. Why now? Why not now? I mean, don't today, don't let fear conquer your faith. Are you willing to believe God's promises for your life? Number two, because God's got a promise and he, implants, he, he intends to keep it. Number two, the enemy hates to see any Christian enter new territory with God. I believe this. When you go to a new level, you get a new devil. <laughs> I mean, he just keeps coming. He keeps coming. I mean, just when you think you got him licked or you've got that whooped or you've got that beaten in your life, boom, you turn the corner and bam, there's something else. It just keeps coming. It's like waves in the ocean. They just, some days they're small, some days they're huge, but here's one thing I know, they never stop rolling in. And we can look at the ocean as something negative, like it's the enemy bringing me problems all the time and difficulties, or we can look at the waves of the ocean as being overwhelmed by the presence, promises, and grace of God because they keep coming too. The Bible says that God's grace and mercy is new every morning. And so he gives you a new grace and mercy. He gives you something brand new every morning. And when you wake up, open your eyes, praise God, I, got a new, I may have a new devil, but I got a new set of grace and mercy ready to go today. And so the enemy hates it. He hates it when he sees any Christian in a new territory with God. He doesn't want to see it. So the 40 days have passed, now these people, this set of tribes or spies come back to the, to the people, to the tribes, and they report to Moses. This is what they said. 
The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community. The wilderness of Paran at Kadesh Barnea, that's where they were. It was a place, it was kind of a lush, gardeny place, a lot of shade trees, a lot of place to rest, a lot of places to get complacent. I mean, it'd be real easy to say, you know what? Why not just stay here? Why not just hang out right here? This ain't so bad. As a matter of fact, two and a half tribes of these 12 tribes did stay there. They, 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 they became comfortable and complacent in that land. That's not the land God gave them. God gave them the land on the other side of the Jordan River. But, they, but it was okay. It was good enough to settle there. I think too many times we settle in the land of good enough rather than step into the God that is enough and experience what he has for your life. The men went back to Moses. They brought back a report from them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They brought back some grapes. Now, it's not like you and I going to Publix and buying grapes today in a little bag. This was a cluster of grapes, huge grapes, that they had to put on a pole and be carried by two grown adult men. That's some big old grapes. And so they come back, they go, here it is. Here's the fruit. Here's the report. This is what they said. They reported to Moses, we went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, indeed, it is exactly as God said it was. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey, and here is some of its fruit. However, another way you could say this is, but, and it's a big one, but, however, I mean, go back and look. I mean, they reported to Moses, we went into the land where you found us. Indeed, it is exactly as God said it was. And here's some of the fruit. Okay, well, God gave a promise and he intends to keep it. I am going to give you that land. Hmm. However, the people living in the land are strong, but the people are strong. The cities are large and fortified. We also saw descendants of Anak there. Giants live in the land. The Amalekites are living in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. In other words, all the ites are there. We would have, we, 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 you go back and you look at it and God, God said he, he intends to keep his promise. This is what I'm giving you. They come back and say, this is exactly what God said. Woo, here's the fruit. But, but the people are big. The cities are strong and fortified. We even saw giants living in the land. The enemy hates it when Christians try their best to enter new territory with God. And he pulls out all the stops so that you live in the howevers and the buts so that you don't experience the miracles and the blessings. Today, are you willing to walk away from complacency so that you can live life the way God intended. Are you willing? Are you willing to walk away from complacency 
Embrace courage and confidence so that you can live life the way God intended you to do it. Only you can answer that question. Why now? (laughs) Why not now? Because the enemy doesn't care if you come into God's presence. He just don't care. And his powerful promises, he don't care if you come into God's presence and his powerful promises as long as you don't believe they are available to you. He didn't care if you read them. Read about his presence. Read about his promises. Read about his faithfulness. Listen to it in church Hear it over and over again. Let it inundate your soul. Read about his promise and his presence all you want as long as you don't believe that it's available to you. So all this is going down. Here's the fruit. It's exactly as God said. God promised I'm going to do it. But, but, but. I don't know the conversation that took place on the way back But there's two guys out of this 12 that are like, enough's enough. Two guys, Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb is mentioned here, and it's understood that Joshua is a part of it, as we see later. He says, then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, we must go up now. We must go now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. There, this is what the 10 are coming back saying, why now? Kadesh Barnea is great. Why not just stay here? Why go now? Caleb stops it, sit down, be quiet. Let's go now. Let's go right now. Let's go do it today. Don't wait. Don't wait another second. Get your shields, get your swords, get your slings, get your rocks. Let's go now. So there's always going to be two types of people, those that say, why now, and those that say, why not now? And generally, there's a faith in something much greater than them that leads them to say that. What are you waiting on? The enemy doesn't, doesn't care if you read God's, about God's presence and promises as long as you don't believe them for yourself. Caleb believed it. He was ready to do something about it. But the men, there it is again, who had gone up with him responded, we can't do it because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report about the land that they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. And all of the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim. We even saw demonic beings. To ourselves, we seem like grasshoppers. And we must have seen the same to them. Do you live as though you have gotten all of God that you want or need? Are you finished? Do you live life as though you have gotten all of God that you want or need? Because it's not okay. You got air. He's got power. You got function. He's got ability and purpose. 
You got thoughts and dreams. He's got promises. See, the problem is we just settle for history instead of making it. Here's what happened. Then the whole company broke into loud cries and the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron. And the whole community told them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and little children will become plunder. Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? Why me? Why here? Why us? Why now? Because God is able to take the whys of life and turn them into why nots. Why not me? Why not here? Why not us? Why not now? And so they said to one another, let's appoint a new leader and let's go back into slavery. Let's settle for history instead of choosing to make it. God came to give you life. Why would you choose any other thing? Because Jesus did not call us to live in retreat. The Savior of the world called us to shine. I ask you to remember the last part that I said in Matthew 5, 16. Jesus said, in the same way, let your light so shine before men so that they would see your good works, but glorify your Father in heaven. At the end of Numbers 14, the Lord responded, I have pardoned the people as you requested. God was going to kill them, wipe them out and start over. And Moses begged him not to do it. And God said, I've pardoned them just like you asked. Yet as surely as I live and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory. Purpose is so that we shine and show God's glory to a lost world. God said the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory. There are visible demonstrations of the glory of God everywhere. But God said, I don't want you just to be a visible one. I want you to be a vocal one. None of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give their fathers. But since my servant Caleb and Joshua has a different spirit, and has followed me completely. I will bring him into the land where he has gone, and his descendants will inherit it. What happened? Everyone over the age of 20 
except for Joshua and Caleb, died in that wilderness over the next 40 years. And the younger generation and Joshua and Caleb were the only ones to enter the promised land. They literally were one in a million. The lesson that we learn from this today is that we are God's plan A for reaching the world and there is no plan B. So don't settle for history. Go out and make it. Trust God today to fulfill the promises that he has given to us. Trust him. See what he can do. And go dive in head first. And let God make history with you. Would you, buy, I mean, you, you, you just take a minute? Just take a minute with me today before we turn this thing off and shut it down. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you ever placed your faith and trust in Him? Do you? Do you have a church home? Do you have a, a place and a time in your life where you read the Bible and pray and ask God to work in your life? If not, say yes today. Say yes to Jesus for his grace and forgiveness. Say yes to his word for his power and his promises. Say yes to his church for his people and his accountability and encouragement so that you can grow in your faith and God can use that growth to reach a world that is in desperate need of him. Father, would you take these people today? Would you... Help them, if they don't know you, to simply say, Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. And I want a relationship with you, and I want it today. God, maybe they need your word. Give them time to open up your word and begin to see what you have to say to them. Or maybe they need a church that they can call home, where they can be challenged, strengthened, encouraged, and empowered to go make a difference in their world. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, go make a difference this week. Go out and make some history. I hope to see you again real soon. God bless you. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations, we could not be more excited for you. And we wanna help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we wanna help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside, I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.